Education of our children doesn't begin and end at academia. There is a spiritual responsibility on each parent and teacher to nurture and train a young soul spiritually. This is called Chinuch. Join Rabbi G every Monday at 2 p.m. as he explores education and Chinuch for parents and teachers. Torah isn't education, it's transformation. One hundred one point nine High FM High Chinuch Rabbi G. We are back as we do every Monday between two to three, where we discuss education, how to be better people, how to make the world a better place, how can we influence ourselves, our communities, our families, just be better people in a better world, better environment. A lot happening today in the show. Um, we're going to start off with Dr. Chaya Newman, uh, where we're going to be discussing a bit about um, connections in today's world. Uh, matching um a, a lot a lot to talk she is a doctor in in um education but uh, we'll get to the, to that very shortly later on we're going to be discussing about the exams a bit um the stress tips how can we deal with it coming up on the later part of the show in the meantime, anything you want to add, you want to ask, you want to share, 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 is the WhatsApp line that you could send from anywhere in the world. But 34519 is the SMS line only here in South Africa. Not going to go into too much introduction. I actually think that uh, we have very important uh, and precious people here on the show. Came from, especially Dr. Newman, who came from overseas just for a very short trip. And I'm not going to waste the time on introduction. Good afternoon, Dr. Chaya Newman. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good afternoon, Rabbi G. So you are a professional educator. I am. Okay, up to the degree of a doctor. Um, but today we're not going to talk uh, education per se. We're going to talk about relationships, connections, matchmaking. Um, and, and maybe a bit, let's start a bit about the challenges of, of uh Meeting new people, connecting with new people in our day and age, um, knowing that the world has changed a bit into a bit, I think, is an understatement um, regarding social media, connections, Internet, online, etc. So we live in a very fast-moving world today, and everybody is connected in some way, no matter where they are in the world. And yet, when it comes to finding a spouse, it's a different ballgame. I see people getting married later and later and later and later and putting it off and having certain ideas of, well, I think I'll be ready for marriage when I have this many rand in the bank and I have a car and I have an established job. And so it the marriage that was going to take place, let's say, in the early 20s, is sometimes put off for at least a decade or so. And that could actually make sense. Some people say, why get married if you're not ready for it? And there are certain truths to that idea that there has to be a certain sense of emotional maturity. And I think people want a certain sense of financial security. Why struggle? Absolutely. Why struggle? Why, if one person is struggling, put two people together to have them struggle together? It doesn't make for a very good formula for success in a relationship. Is putting two people that are struggling together necessarily doubling the struggle or is actually creating a support system for both of them? 
Ideally, I would like to believe that it would create a support system because a person by himself or herself gets no support except from outside friends. And I think if one has a partner in this process, then one can build together. And that's the adventure and the joy of being in a marriage relationship. Okay. So, so how would we – so I, I guess we're going to have to discuss about how in the short time we have, how do we make that happen? How do we take a relationship from a point of um, – a burden from two people struggling to actually um, achieving the goal of two people helping each other, supporting each other, being uh, amazing towards each other. And I would connect that directly maybe even to the anxiety of people. Maybe could be people are just too scared to go into marriage before a certain age. I think there there's a lot of uh, validity in that statement. I believe very strongly that many things in life require preparation on one hand and the Kierkegaarden leap of faith on the other, that one has to say, okay, this is where I am. It may not be the ideal particular place that I want to be, but I see myself as a married person, and I'm willing to take that leap of faith as long as I have the proper tools, the proper equipment to be able to do that. And so it's a balancing act because one never knows for sure when one goes into that type of relationship that it's going to work. Um, but one has to, I believe, have enough trust inside to say, wait a second, here are the facts. I've reviewed them. This is the person with whom I believe I can grow. I believe I can work together with this person to create common goals, common ideals, and move forward. So there is security in on one hand, but there's also a sense of adventure on the other. So you, you do need to have some sense of adventure in order to go to, towards marriage, I, which, which in my eyes, I think it's fascinating because as the world is going forward, we see that the, the definition between genders is getting... Um, smaller and smaller and people are blending more and more and it's almost as um, in some places in the world you can't even uh, separate people according to gender and then you'd feel that you would assume that people will actually start getting more comfortable with each other but then as the world is going in connection of genders we're seeing that people are getting more and more scared and anxiety regarding getting married do you see a connection or a link or why would that make sense I'm not quite sure about the gender piece, but I can definitely a address the idea of fear. And I think some people put up certain barriers because they're not in touch with the fear that's really inside. Some may be afraid because of economic issues. Some may be afraid because they come from a relationship in their family of origin that was totally dysfunctional, and they're not aware of it. And so they're going to avoid moving into another permanent relationship because of the baggage that they bring with them. Some may be simply afraid of commitment, and some may be afraid of growing up. We talk about the Peter Pan syndrome of not wanting to ever, ever, ever grow up, and some people don't want to make that commitment. Um, so there are lots of fears, and again, I think it's cloaked in different clothing, um, but 
there are fears there. And I think it behooves an individual who is of marriageable age to sit down and say, wait a second, am I afraid? And what am I afraid of? It takes a certain amount of maturity and it takes definite time and introspection to do so. Okay, so, uh, so one category you didn't mention on your list is people who say, I just didn't found the, find the right person. Did you ignore that on purpose or is the, or like how big of a factor in, in your experience is the fact that somebody didn't found, find the right spouse is to the fact of them not getting married or a lot of it is mixed in with anxiety, fear, uncertainty, confusion, or whatever it is? I think both are true. I think both are true that sometimes people say, I haven't found the right person because they're looking at the prospect of getting married as they're going grocery shopping or they're buying a car or they're buying a house. And I say to people, there's a difference between shopping on one hand where you have a list where you have certain criteria, certain requirements, and marriage, which is a relationship with another human being. And those should not be confused in any way, shape, or form. They're two different things. Um, I look at people who say, well, I haven't found the right person, and I want to talk to them, and I want to walk them through the process and find out what it is that they're missing. And if they're focusing on something that is absolutely essential, for example, Women will say, my bottom line, my deal breaker, is I cannot have anyone who smokes. And so I can't suggest that they marry someone who's going to be smoking, because that's not necessarily going to work. So it depends on what it is. And again, it's a case-by-case basis. I don't believe that there's a one-size-fits-all piece in any of this. I believe that... Each individual has different needs, different wants, and it has to be addressed individually. But that's something you wouldn't come to a person and say, well, maybe it would be worth the compromise of smoking, or you'd say, no, that's too much. It's the smell and the health and the whole. I think it depends on the package. If the package is that this person has so many of the character traits and the couple has common goals and smoking is the only issue, it may be worth having that discussion. But if the package is that this person brings 40%, 50% of what the other side wants and they're smoking, I don't think there's much to talk so about. So it's very individual, basically, yes. what you're saying. Okay. Um, before we take a short break, I'm going to remind everybody, please share with us your thoughts, your questions, anything you want to ask Dr. Chaya Newman. Feel free to send us SMS. 34519 is SMS line. 34519. Or the WhatsApp line, 061-895-1019. A short break, and we'll be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Can you answer your question? 101.9, we are back. Um, Right before the break, we were, I was in the middle of a fascinating discussion with Dr. Chaya Newman, um, regarding matchmaking connection, the anxiety people are having around getting marriage, the, the fact that, um, the, the age keeps on growing, uh, going higher and higher. And we started discussing, is it a negative? Is it a positive? Maybe it is the right thing to wait till you're completely stable. Um, but we do see people are starting to find themselves sometimes lonely and, 
just what would be the right approach in uh, taking the steps, step after step to find the right spouse? Maybe we'll go more on a practical level because I think that as much as we're close uh, between, as I said before, between genders, between people and connections, it doesn't necessarily mean that we would know exactly how to find our spice. So, spouse, sorry. So when one of us starts the journey, it doesn't matter what age you are, where you are, what would you start looking for and starting to define in yourself, in the per- the other person? What would be the the path, I'd say? So I think the the first step in any of this, and I talk about it in my dating workshops, is that we have to know ourselves. We have to really know who we are as people. What are our strengths? What do we bring to the equation that would help a marriage? And what are the things that are negative in our own personalities, our character defects, if you will, that are really hindering our personal growth and development. I think this is, this for me is the starting point. And part of this is also examining our personal histories. What kind of homes did we grow up in? What was our, what was the marriage like in our home of origin? And how did our parents communicate? What did they do with each other? How did they understand marriage, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's something, those two elements, to me, are a very, very important place in which to begin. Okay. So so how would you start defining that? Um, I I think we have to be, I think it's a very fine line between um, looking into your history, where you come from, and obsessing about your history. Because when a couple goes on their new path, they're actually building their own new relationship and, and family, I know they have their foundations, but how do you separate and see who you are without getting lost with who you are? I think it's an excellent question. And one of the things that I try to do is just create a certain awareness and of the past. And when, let's say, I, I work with a number of women, and if they're starting to go out and if they are recreating the past in which they grew up, then I believe that I need to sit down and politely have a discussion and point some things out or ask them to reflect on certain patterns that they're creating in their dating history so that they can be aware of it. And I think that's awareness is the first step. And I also believe that Self-diagnosis is much more powerful than any feedback from the outside. Okay, so you would actually train people to go through the process on their own. So before we move on to the next question, I did. We do have a uh, WhatsApp coming through. Hi, it seems that nowadays the shidduch process is diffi- is so difficult. Was it easier in the olden days, or? Was it not easier then? I think that's what they mean. Or harder nowadays. But I think the question is, was it, is it harder today or was it harder in the past? It seems to me that from everything that I've seen and everything that I've read, especially I'm thinking with regard to women, that it seems so much easier in the past. I know in my own family there were a few great aunts that were never got married and 
and cousins that never got married. But there wasn't the plethora of singles in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, etc. And that to me was just absolutely fascinating. That It seems like people really got married. They got married younger and so forth and so on. And I think nowadays it's much harder. I see many singles. I work with um, groups of singles from 25 and up, some younger, but primarily the 25 and up. And it's horrifying to me to see the number of singles today. But why is it harder? I think there are a lot of factors. I I think that the outside world has come into um, the idea of what marriage is all about. And there are certain myths that take place for both males and females. There are certain requirements. There are certain standards that people have. And I think it's so much harder. When people get married later, I think it's more difficult because they, they become more ensconced in their own personalities. And so change and negotiation is more challenging. Um, I think there are tremendous sociological factors that make it much more difficult. So on the other hand, we'll come to someone and say, but why should I get married if it's going to be more challenging and harder? Let me just live my life, and if I don't find the one, I won't. Why is it so important to compromise what I'm looking for in order to get married? In answer to that question, which is a question that many people ask, if we're here in this world to maximize our potential, then I believe that my potential as a human being is going to be maximized through a relationship. It's not going to be... it. If I have no other choice, then it will be maximized by myself as a single person. And our history is replete with people who maximized their potential and never got married. But there's something very special. There's something very holy about a marriage. And there's something unique about the beautiful relationship between a man and a woman. I think, for me, I will be a better person as a married woman than I would as a single person. Because? Because I have the unique opportunity to work on myself. And also, if I take that model of maximizing my potential, then I have the opportunity to maximize the potential of another human being. So basically, it's, it's consistent investment in someone else and in yourself in order to be more patient and connected and, and achieving. A hundred percent. So, so the, the, the journey you're talking about on a practical level would be to actually identifying more about yourself and not so much about who you're looking for and then recognize and realize, um, who you would want and what areas uh, would be more practical or less practical to go with. A hundred percent. Okay. Um, uh, just wondering, um, in one area, and, and I think that we, we do have to get towards the end of the interview, regarding um, the training that you do. You say you, you, you help people that, to match them up and to find the, the right spouse, and you work with, generally with older people. How about people that have got married and found their, their, their spouse, but they haven't found their spouse, spouse even though they are actually married, because something's just not working? 
So, how do you address that? So I'm not a marriage counselor, um, but I know of wonderful people who really do that. And I think it's really essential. I think it's absolutely essential because we live today in a throwaway society. And why throw away something as important as a relationship? Um, I definitely encourage couples to take their issues to people who are really trained in that area. And there are beautiful books out today that talk about what marriage is and preparation for marriage and connection in marriage and communication in marriage. Um, communication, which I think is the dinosaur of this generation because people have challenges communicating. And it's not texting. It's not what's happening. It's actually sitting down face to face without technology, without interruptions mm-hmm. and listening to what people have to say and right. responding. Which I personally feel that we have a bit of a gap because marriage counselors that I specifically didn't ask about marriage counselors because marriage counselors people go to them when there's a problem. And I feel a lot of times I meet personally couples that um don't have an issue. They're not fighting. They're they're managing, they're coping. They wouldn't go to a marriage counselor, but it's just not clicking. It's just not happening. And that's where many times we can get lost. And um, I always, on this show and other places, look for people who can say, I have a training system for people that just want to take their relationship to a higher level. They're managing, they're coping, life's okay, but it's just not it. And that's so, hopefully we will get there one day. Please, God, I think it's very important. Um, if anybody wants to be in touch with you, I know you're here in Johannesburg for like a day or two, but... Do you have a number, an email? An Absolutely. Email okay. So we're here actually till the, I believe it's the 10th of June, and the mobile phone number is 84-220-8687, and the email address is connection, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N, the number's 613 at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to speak with anyone.